the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talk all things financial, money, investing, and more. How are you today? Getting close to that spooky holiday, which people spend way too much money on, but that's okay. That's kind of creepy. So, a couple things that I want to hit on, if I may. Um... As the market starts winding down towards the end of the year, October tends to be a scary month. It wasn't scary this year. It was, in fact, boring. You've heard me use the word blah a lot. Large cap tech stocks and mergers and acquisitions were kind of sexy yesterday. There was a reported sources of you know, various reasons why we move up and down on a regular basis, on a day-by-day basis. In the end, it's really not terribly well known. Um, it's sometimes our best guesses, if that makes sense, and that's kind of scary, but uh, where do we go today? You know, is always the question that I think people want to know. And how do we get to retirement? So remotely today, <clears throat> which is always an interesting challenge. A lot of Americans have already voted in an unprecedented number um, of mail-ins this year. So uh, Vancouver is in the news today. I find this one, you know, one of those um, kind of under-economic um, stories that's really important. So I read a lot of economist reports, and Vancouver, Canada, is in the news because the real estate's crumbling. And I think that's worthy of note, um, especially now, especially with some new property taxes that popped up on them. So the marginal buyer and really the price-sensitive buyers were Chinese investors, and when we started taxing them, they kind of went away. Not we, but Canada. So that's one of those points in time in your life where you can go, okay, Rob's talking about 
out taxes can hurt an economy. A lot of us will sit around, either Republican or Democrat or independent. I think we're a nation of probably many. It's a shame that we only have three to choose from. And we'll talk about, okay, how do we solve the problems? Tax the rich. Tax the 1%, because I'm in the 2%, so tax them. Tax the smokers, because I don't smoke. Don't tax the soda drinkers, because I still have a soda on occasion. So a lot of us like kind of throw the taxes around that don't necessarily involve us. You know how we could solve a lot of the education problems in California is in Prop 13. So change what you know the way California collects money, the state from the counties. But then you're going to hear people say, "Nope, yeah, my Prop 13, I got it, I earned it. Uh, I paid my taxes." Even so, businessmen that rob and steal and cheat from people every day, even they have to pay taxes. So taxes is a kind of one of, one of those issues where you know, just not me. Um, and some people will say, you know, I don't mind marrying taxes. But I think it's a lot of huff and puff. So Germany's business climate index for October climbed. Uh, that came out today as an economic data point. And we care about Germany. It's not like they're small. It's not like they're not important. We saw mostly positive bias in foreign equity markets. We see optimism over the better than expected third quarter earnings. And these are some big companies who we saw good things from DuPont, Merck, Procter & Gamble, General Motors, Lockheed Martin, United Tech. Um, they've all shared some good numbers. Some blue chip companies like Visa, Whirlpool, Sherwin-Williams, Caterpillar, 3M, Eli Lilly, they all checked in with some reported or um, you know guidance blemishes, but nothing terrible. <clears throat> so we're seeing a kind of a positive third quarter. In, not, I'm not going to say positive. Better than okay. Is that the right way to say this? I think so. (laughs) I know. We got to cut down a little bit on the sound effects, so um, they're starting to trip me up. Sorry. So S&P 500 is down slightly. The Nasdaq down slightly. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up. Apple's going to report earnings today after the market, and we're all going to look and see. I wonder how much Samsung. Blew it. I wonder how much Apple took away from them. And they're going to talk about the next 90 days, and Apple's going to say, oh, we may not have got the lion's share of Samsung, but we'll get them next next quarter. Or they won't. And we're all going to sit, not on pins and needles, but we're going to pay attention. There's a little story out there today, economically speaking, on home prices. They climbed at a solid pace in August, um, limited by supply. So there's enough demand that it continues to keep a push going on there. Portland, Seattle, Denver, strongest year-over-year increases for a seventh month in a row. They're the three studs. It's not San Francisco. It's not L.A. It's not Chicago. It's not New York like it was for years and years and years. Now you're seeing people leave California and go to Seattle and Portland and Denver. So there's some steady hiring. There's low mortgage rates. There's some signs of uh, rising pay. And that's encouraged more people to buy homes. Millennials, their biological clock is ticking. Number of homes for sale has fallen nearly 7% from a year ago. So demand is high. And enthusiasm from home ownership is good, um, especially amongst the first-time home buyers. Still, we don't have enough inventory, and the home builders aren't building fast enough. The average home search now takes about four months. And if you are in a hot market, 
it could take a year and a half of you know bidding on ten homes and failing. So some of the numbers inside this um, home prices rose um, six point seven percent in uh, San Francisco, seven point one percent Miami. Home prices plunged 35% from their peak in July 2006 until they bottomed in 2012. They've since risen to just 7.2% below their peak. So if you bought in 2006, you're still not even. You're still 7.2% below. So kind of be careful um, on what you're seeing and what you're believing. So I saw home prices rising, right? You also could say... Uh, Obamacare prices are rising pretty aggressively. So on a year-over-year basis, you're talking up over 20%. As a nation, not every single state, not every single person. So some as high as 25%. So that's inflation. Now, did you get a 25% raise to help cover your health care costs? Now, your health care costs may be 10 to 20% of your budget. So your housing costs to get a new one, it's it's gone up considerably so 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air it's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air anything you want to talk about we can talk about money investing and more Uh, what else do we have as far as big stories going on out there I think uh, see the Obamacare inflation I think that's a good one right I think uh that just again tells you that you need to earn more money or save more money. So, um, Under Armour is in the news today. So, Under Armour is a second play on um, Nike on athleisure. So, a lot of people shorting Under Armour based on the valuation. You could like the company, but you could also say it's too valuable, too expensive. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate it. Money investment for Under Armour shares are plunging after posting slowest sales growth in six years, and shorts are loving it. Kind of teased that before we went to break. The number two U.S. sportswear maker reported slowest quarterly sales growth in six years. And they've got Jordan Spieth in golf, and they've got Steph Curry in basketball. The problem is, then you start going, who else? Michael Phelps? And then you go, who else? Um, 
So Sports Authority was a customer of theirs, and Sports Authority went bankrupt. So they, we kind of knew it was going to be a weak quarter. Um, gross margins fell from 48.8% to 47.5%. Steph Curry brand continues to resonate and drive incredible momentum. Income rose to $128 million, which is something that Nike would laugh at. And for the investor out there, I think it's worthy of noting, you know, you don't want to buy at a 52-week high. If this was on your shopping list, this may be something that you now go, hmm, um, this is interesting to me. Or you may go, it's toxic. I want to give it a couple months to shake out, <clears throat> which is usually the, the best idea. So I don't own any shares of Under Armour. Um, but on days like this, that's when I start looking. So if I hope that makes sense. It's down 12%. You could take a look at the 52-week high and go, it was at 48, now it's at 33. So you're getting about a 30% sale from 52-week high. Stocks tend to go up, right? But let's say they go up 10%. You could probably expect them to come back down 3%. Let's say they go up 20%. You could probably expect a retracement of at least 6%. Stocks don't always go out. There's winners and losers. There's pullbacks. There's corrections. There's stocks that get way ahead of themselves. And when you're a premium growth stock, i.e. people are paying for that growth, if you don't deliver, you get punished. So always have a shopping list that you feel comfortable with and consider thinking about it. Consumer confidence uh, declined in the month of October. I think this is noteworthy because when you're confident, you're like, you know what? I just got a bonus. You're right, honey. Let's go to Hawaii. And then she's getting all romantic and you're getting all gushy. You're in Hawaii and you're like, you know, honey, let's have that third kid. <laughs> then you come back to the United States or from Hawaii to the United States. I guess you're still in the United States, right? You come back to life and you're like, oh, no, I made a financial decision that's disastrous. I was overconfident. So consumer confidence retreated in October. Uh, people are saying business conditions were good. Uh, that number of people decreased. Uh, my personal opinion is it feels like we're due for uh, maybe some weakness, but not for another year. There's nothing on the horizon that says, you know, eminent, 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 eminent. Um, CNBC launches a new index to find hidden value in stocks. I find CNBC to be kind of, I'm not going to say a joke, but it's like the people magazine of life. Um, and I, th I throw that out there because I don't think there's a lot of value in watching it. I think if you watch it, it'll in fact confuse you. You will buy when someone's excited. You'll sell when someone is depressed. So worthy of note. One of the big... Uh, negatives in the world right now is cancer, right? And there's a lot of companies who are focused on curing cancer. Some of them are focused on, you know, cutting down the side effects from chemotherapy. You lose your hair, you vomit, you're nauseous, but you kind of need the chemotherapy. So be careful when you get into a situation where it's already sounding like a story. It's not sounding like profits, but it's a good story. There's a company called Time Technologies, T-Y-M-E. It's currently testing a combination therapy that includes melanin, melanonin, tyrosin, isomers. Um, they're looking for a Trojan horse mechanism. 
so that can deliver an amino acid to the cancer cells that would make it more vulnerable to chemotherapy and improve its effectiveness. I don't know about you, but my high school science is way out. It's just useless at this point in time. So it's tough to pick companies that are biotech companies, companies that are coming up with new ways to develop amino acids to attack cancer. Um, so be cautious on that. You know, sometimes it's a great story, but you can't figure out how to analyze it. You know, who's going to come up with a cure for HIV? I don't know. I want to invest in them, but there's a hundred companies trying to come up with a cure for HIV, right? There's a hundred companies trying to make chemotherapy less horrible. There's a company called MMJ <coughs> Labs. And, <clears throat> you know, just trying to make chemotherapy more tolerable for patients. Any pain causes fight or flight reflexes, which gets exhausting over time. So this is a company that MMJ Labs, they came up on, um, who was it? Oh, Shark Tank. They created Buzzy, a bumblebee-shaped device that combines cold with vibration to inhibit pain in patients when they're getting shots. Um, and it's cute. Kids like, well, kids don't like bumblebees, but kids like toys that look like bumblebees. So that's a lot more practical than the first one who's delivering amino acids into cancer cells, right? But I still, you know, you have to figure out how many doctors are willing to use this, how many doctors are willing to get it a second time. Um, there's a company called BioCork that's publicly traded, that's currently developing protein mixtures with the potential to change tumors back into normal tissue as opposed to killing them. Um, again, I have no clue. And I don't think you do either unless you have a degree from college like in biochemistry or something along those lines, right? So be cautious on what you invest in. Keep it you know, in index funds and ETFs until you really get a, a good understanding of what you're doing. Um, I think that will help you enormously. Um, cut down some mistakes. So AT&T going after Time Warner. I think that's going to kick off a slew of mergers, which some of them already happened. Verizon picked up Yahoo. Uh, Comcast picked up cable, vi- not Cablevision. <clears throat> um, gosh, now I can't really... Uh, Comcast uh, Universal and they got they got uh, NBC and CNBC and a lot of companies in that a lot of brands so not unheard of in any way shape or form but worthy of note that uh, media our phones like yeah I got a phone right now it's sitting right in front of me in fact and I can surf the web or maybe if they gave me something that was a little bit quicker Maybe they gave me a TV on my phone or something along those lines. You know, we're going to be watching more content on our phones, and that's going to bode well for companies like Apple, who make bigger phones that sell for more dollars. And that's going to be good for AT and T and Verizon, who say, you know, you want good video, well, you're going to need more data. So you kind of see why they're doing it. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. Hopefully it's not a scary month for you in investing. Let's check in with Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you doing? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Congratulations. You get to sit at home tonight, crack open a beer, watch the Chicago Cubs. That's right. There's not going to be a whole lot of sleep this week, I don't think, but uh, it's a price I'm willing to pay. Briefing.com, for those who don't know, is located in or near Chicago. I am located in San Francisco, so uh, I'm happy for you. I think that's uh, it's good for the city, and I always like comments like that because uh, it makes your coworkers happy. It's something to talk about. It's a bonding experience. Even if you don't like baseball, I think it's a, a good thing. That's right, and if I remember correctly, the Cubs Roadshow uh, kind of rolled right through San Francisco now, didn't it? <laughs> Let's not forget that there was a bad call in the ninth inning, top of the ninth, first game. Check swing that was not a check swing. Uh, next play was a double that tied the game, but, you know, just let's not get caught up in the details. Uh, so let's get caught up in some market details, though. And don't forget, we have three World Series championships uh, sitting on our mantle, and Cubs have. I think we got a couple. <laughs> From 1874. Right after the Civil War. Um, yeah. Granted, the last one was in 1908, but, you know, we're there. We're on the board. Let's do Jackson times. But um, let's talk a little uh, markets. Uh, it, it looks like Clinton's going to win the nomination or win the presidency. Is the political atmosphere doing anything to the markets or not? Well, I I think it is, uh, and you see it reflected more so in, in low volume, uh, frankly. Um, so... Notwithstanding a number of polls and pundits pointing to a likely victory for uh, for Mrs. Clinton, uh, you know there's still some uncertainty out there with respect to how the congressional race might play out, uh, what con- what the composition of Congress is going to look like after Election Day, uh, and I think you know given the uh, the experience of the whole Brexit vote thing and and um, and some of the um, polling discrepancies that you know led up to that surprising vote. I, I think that there's a, a sort of an honest um, perspective of, of really just waiting to see the actual results before uh, some market participants are, are willing to put a lot of money into the market um, based on some you know post-election ideas. So you know I think the market itself overall has has hung up reasonably well, but we've also traded sideways for the most part over the last several months, and I think that's been a reflection somewhat of, of the uncertainty surrounding this um, this election. So I was reading in your page one today, it sounds like you're okay. You're pleased with earnings report in the earnings season so far? Well, the... You know, the, I'd say this re, this reporting season, um, uh, companies like FactSet and SP Capital IQ that you know aggregate these consensus estimates. You know, they'll they'll write that they were that the reports are coming in much better than expected, even better than historical average. And, and you know, it's true. It's just what the numbers are bearing out. And you know, what we see based on the latest data uh, from FactSet was that the third quarter earnings. Um, 
uh, in aggregate are are down 0.3 percent, right? So that's not great in an absolute sense. Uh, you know, coming into the reporting period, um, you know, they were expected to be down about two percent. So yes, they're you know they're better than expected. They're still not great, uh, but I think that um, you know what this market needs to uh, to get to is a, a level of confidence that this inflection point has been reached where you're now going to start seeing, um, you know, continued upward revisions to earnings estimates and, and higher levels of earnings growth in coming quarters to help provide a layer of support under this market, which is also already sporting a, you know, fairly full valuation that's predicated in part on this notion that earnings growth will, in fact, pick up. So, um you know, we're still early in this reporting period. About, I think, maybe about a quarter of the S&P 500 has reported things are coming in better than expected. But you know, you're starting, you're going to get some real, real heavyweights now coming in. Um, you got Apple tonight, and then uh, some of those momentum benchmarks like Amazon.com and, and Alphabet. You know, they're lingering out there on the on the near horizon as well. And so, really going to be curious to see how the market reacts to their results um, and uh, you know and that could be a, a game changer in terms of helping this this market break out of its uh, range bound stupor are you at all scared about Janet Yellen coming up in December um, you know I guess not necessarily because you can see that the market is is, is itself starting to uh, warm up uh, if you will to the idea that the Fed is likely to raise rates in December, uh, and that's based entirely on you know what you're seeing in the the Fed funds futures market, which I think has a, a you know assigning a probability right now of about a 70% probability of a of a rate hike in December. And what that suggests is that it won't be a surprise uh, to the majority of market participants if the Fed does in fact raise rates in December. Um, the surprise would be if they raised rates next week, <laughs> and um, you know, everyone clings to the notion that the Fed wouldn't do anything right in front of elections so as not to appear to be political. Um, I recently wrote an article in the Big Picture column that I produce uh, just making an argument that, you know, perhaps the most apolitical thing the Fed could do right now would be to raise rates at its November meeting. Um, you know, our perspective is that uh, the economy is 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 certainly not growing gangbusters, but it's not uh, performing at a level that would require, you know, the Fed funds rate so close to the zero bound as it is right now. Uh, and with inflation starting to creep up and progress being made toward the Fed's, you know, longer run inflation target um, and, you know, the labor market tightening up, uh, we think that there's justific- there's data-based justification here for the Fed to go ahead and raise rates uh, if it's so chose to do um, next week. Um, most likely it won't, though. Uh, but I do think that the uh, the data is there uh, where it could be rationalized, and it would be a shocker at first, but then I think the market would settle down and understand that it was uh, based on a reasonable set of data that would argue in favor of a, another 25 basis point increase. I was watching some financial media a couple days ago, and they were talking about the interest rates in Janet Yellen, and they basically said what you just said. It could be next week. It could be next month. It could be next year. But let's just get it over with. There's kind of fatigue in inter- watching interest rates 
And then they kind of all laughed out loud, like, well, once we get this one done, we'll start watching again. Um, are we hooked on watching interest rates? Is that until, and if so, is it until earnings? Is it until revenue? Is it till you know, uh, a new breakthrough in technology? Are we right, just, yeah. what? go ahead. I, I think we are, we're, we're hooked on watching interest rates uh, in large part because the earnings haven't been there uh, to, to help drive the market. Um, and if you can get this pickup in earnings growth that you know I was alluding to earlier that the market is is desperately hoping it to get, uh, then you might start to see you know the market get reoriented around the notion that hey, well interest rates going up aren't so bad if you're getting stronger levels of economic activity that are leading to higher levels of earnings. Um, that would be a good thing. Uh, but interest rates going up simply for the sake of of the view that uh, market participants feel these central bankers are hitting their policy limits um, and the fact that they you know, might be going up because maybe inflation rates are starting to pick up without a whole lot of economic growth attached to it, um, that's a more, or a more concerning factor. But when you realize that uh, you've had five straight quarters of you know, earnings declines and yet you have an S&P 500 that's trading in close proximity to an all-time high, um, I think it does underscore the idea that uh, the thing that's been driving this equity market is the central bank put, which has effectively helped bring down, you know, long-term interest rates. So the market has to be preoccupied with what's going on with interest rates right now, uh, and will continue to be so if you don't see a, a uh, you know, a stronger pickup in earnings growth. Is there anything in the markets that you're watching right now that you find important that we're not hitting on? Maybe oil prices, maybe geopolitical politics. Uh, is there well, anything jumping out? Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing that has jumped out is uh, there's a lot going on in the currency market right now. Um, you know, I don't know if your listeners are aware if you've talked about it or not. But there's been a real breakdown in the euro. Um, and it's been a, a technical breakdown largely, but um, but there's probably some other factors going on there that are driving the euro lower against the dollar, uh, one of which is this interest rate differential trade. So you have the European Central Bank, which is obviously not going to be raising rates anytime soon, pitted against the Federal Reserve, which sounds like it really does want to raise um, you know its key policy rate relatively soon. And so that technical breakdown combined with that policy rate differential trade has has really driven the euro down and because it has such a large weighting in the US dollar index it's helping to you know uh, drive up that index and it's leading to some really um noticeable strength in the US dollar which um isn't such a great thing at this point in time only because you don't have a, an economy in the US that's that's running full steam ahead um again you're getting modest but you know slow growth and that stronger dollar could ultimately act as a headwind there as it weighs on the earnings prospects for U.S. multinationals and okay. also uh, works against the, the competitive aspect for, for U.S. exporters. So it's something that's you know, definitely need to keep an eye on there uh, as it relates not only to monetary policy but the earnings outlook as well. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again. I'm not talking money investing. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, talking about the markets, you know, give yourself a break on occasion. Understand that if you take a look at the last 40 years, markets have gone up. Last 50 years, they've gone up. Last 10 years, they've gone up. Um, you do have to give yourself a break. We've hit all-time highs not that long ago. And we're playing with earnings season right now that could take us to even further all-time highs. The currency issue of the weakening euro tells us that something's bad happening in Europe with the Brexit, possibly. So far, there hasn't been a lot of fallout from it. And I'm not saying that we want to see fallout. Um, but... Uh, when you say you're leaving the European Union and all the trade deals, there should be something a little bit more than kind of a one-off, if you will. Um, but again, it's kind of my opinion. So, and I don't think we have to totally buy into that. So uh, some of the top stories that I always go back to, um, it's election season, so don't get... I can't wait till Facebook gets back to normal, if you know what I mean, where people aren't constantly posting on Facebook who they like, who they don't like, who's stupid, who's smart. I know. I think it's gotten pretty crazy. So, um, know that there's always inflation. I keep coming back to that today for some reason. The movie theater tickets are going up. Healthcare with Obamacare is going up. And I'll tell you one thing about healthcare and insurance. It feels like even when you have an insurance and it's supposed to insure you, it doesn't cover as much as you think it will. It, it does ensure that you won't lose $100,000 this year. But for a family of three or four, you could lose forty, fifty thousand. 50000 it feels like, on a pretty regular basis. So... Um, I think sometimes uh, we're seeing more inflation in our lives and we're not necessarily getting good value out of it. And uh, I think some people are disappointed with insurance. Netflix CEO, Reed Hastings, he said he's fine with AT&T buying uh, Time Warner. He doesn't think HBO is going to give them you know, an unfair advantage. He says if it's open competition, he loves it. The main concern for Hastings is that AT&T might make the data run faster for channels and services that it owns. Hastings wants HBO's bits and Netflix bits to be treated the same. That's kind of almost sexy, right? When you're starting to talk about bits. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if AT&T can pull off the Time Warner acquisition in front of a Congress that might be a little bit more democratic next year. Um, you know, it's no doubt that big mergers and acquisitions happened under the Obama administration, so it's not like it's not going to, you know, have a precedent. Uh, when Universal got acquired by Comcast, it got through. Uh, but those weren't as big as Time Warner, and they weren't as big as AT&T. So, 
Um, and when you have big media with big distribution, uh, you kind of lose some competitive voices out there in content. And particularly in news, I think there's a, a fear of that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm a little tired of Elon Musk these days talking about Mars. I'm just telling you that it's, it weighs on me. <laughs> like Sometimes the stories are cute, but sometimes they're like, oh, another one of those. Star running back Arian Foster is retiring from the NFL. This is important to note because one day you too are going to retire. And the punishment that football puts on your body might be equal to the punishment that your boss puts on you mentally. And sometimes people make bad decisions. I know a man who quit being a principal, not a principal, but being a, a fourth grade teacher because the principal is tough on him. Um, quit. You know, uh, teachers get paid, you know, tenure and they get, not tenure, but they get paid, you know, the longer you teach, the more you get in retirement. So when you see like an Arian Foster retire, you know that a lot of professional athletes go broke shortly after they retire. In large part because they continue to live as if they were professional athletes. Professional athletes get large compensation, but then they get nothing and sometimes they're not trained for anything. Um, I recently saw that the NBA sent some players to Google to kind of see what life after playing might look like. And even you, life after retirement, what's it going to look like? I think it's important to start thinking of these things. You don't have to have the right answer, but by all you start thinking about these things. <coughs> Excuse me. So large cap technology stocks and merging acquisitions were big and sexy yesterday. Today, it's earnings reporting season starting to heat up. Global market's a little unchanged. Apple's going to be the big company that reports results tonight. And again, I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. I own shares of Apple. I think it's going to be fun to see how bad did Samsung stumble and what does that mean for Apple? And if Apple isn't able to capture it, what's that mean for Apple? Consumer discretionary materials, technology, industrial is not doing as well today. Um, taking a look at some of the, you know, the financials out there. Um, not really making a big move. We're kind of waiting, kind of digesting. And that's okay. So if you think about you know the last six, seven years, they've been pretty good on Wall Street. And sometimes you have to digest those moves before you can move higher. And sometimes you have to digest those moves and, and get proof that there's more to come. So you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I always have events coming up. You can sign up. One coming up right around the corner at the Elks Lodge. It's going to be a lunch event with lunch served. You can sign up for that event at Rob Black Show. That's the Elks Lodge coming up in mid-November. And you can also sign up for any event at Rob Black Show. Have a good day. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.